my mother asked me a question. She said, Renee, look around this room. Tell me what everybody has in common. So I looked around. I'm trying to figure out, is it like you know, hair color, skin color, what they wear, accent? I couldn't figure it out. She said, everybody in this room has a brain. If you understand how the brain works, life just becomes easier. And so you can understand the sales process. You can understand conflict. You can understand you know, relationships and your spouse and your kids. You can understand teachers. I mean, it's really your way of communicating into the world if you understand it. And it just becomes a lot easier. I just dove in. Nice. And you mentioned, you got started in sales, right? I did. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about that process, <laughs> yeah. that experience. So I got cut from my basketball team when I was a uh, sophomore year in college. And I didn't know what else to do. I, I, to me, basketball was my life. It was everything that I wanted to do. And I didn't have that anymore, and I hated school. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? I mean, I was a janitor just to get into school as a, as to, as under the probation program. So me and all the other minorities, we were cleaning cigarette butts, toilets, and everything. Mm-hmm. And I made $900 the previous summer, more money than I ever made in my life. And so I was like, okay, I'm rolling. I kept it on once, you know, like mm-hmm. smelling it yeah. once in a while, right? And the, the, uh, I get cut from the basketball team, and I don't know where to go. And I was talking to an executive of a big company. And I got a chance to ask him a question. I said, what do I have to do to be in your shoes when I get older? And he smiled and he looks at me. He says, you learn how to sell. If you learn how to sell, you'll always be employed. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm supposed to learn how to sell. Well, they sent me a letter saying I've been chosen because of my GPA to join this fast-paced sales and marketing company in the health and wellness industry. Well, I like to work out. Sales and marketing, that's what I'm supposed to do. Cool. GPA, I had a 2.3, but their mistake, I'm going. Mm -hmm. Right? So I show up. And they do a mass recruiting to sell cookware. And I was the last guy to make a sale because my mom was out of town. <laughs> and she came back in town and bought me the sympathy set. But I was hooked, realizing that, man, I could just, they said, it was real simple. They said, 10 presentations, you sell three. 10 to three. I'm like, so how fast can I get to 30 if I want to sell nine? Right? I was mm-hmm. like, okay, how, can, how fast can I get my 10 in? Mm-hmm. 10 to three, 10 to three, 10 to three. I had this mentality of just saying, okay, if I knew the math, then, I could just go after it. It was a really clear path because, you know, I was that way in basketball. I was very coachable. Mm -hmm. My work ethic was high. And so to me, being rejected didn't really matter because I'd been rejected so much in basketball that really was irrelevant. And so all this is, let me get seven no's as fast as I can. Mm -hmm. Just really, really clear. And so that helped. Totally. Yeah, I think that experience is very similar to how a lot of people get into sales as well, (laughs) right? You know, you, you start, like for me, my first sales job, I was walking up and down the aisles of the Home Depot and trying to sell their kitchen and bathroom remodelers. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm walking up, I'm 18, I'm all dressed up and, you know, excuse me, sir, do you happen to be a homeowner? Yeah. And then going through the whole pitch. But yeah. same thing. It was like, if I talk to a hundred people, I'll get to, you know, maybe three yeses yeah. out of my hundred. Right. So it turned into a numbers game. Yeah. And after a while, then you get more skilled and your numbers go up, et cetera. But yep. it's always a numbers game. Even for our guys upstairs, we have their if they just stick to the process and roll through it, uh, you know, you're going to be successful. That's what I love about sales. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's a great gig. Well, I think when people understand <clears throat> that any marketing of anything, there's a ratio of results that's going to mm-hmm. come, come from it. Baseball is the same way. Basketball is the same way. Golf, polit- uh, po- political campaigns. Mm-hmm. It's all driven on a law of averages of some point. If you can understand what that is, then you plug in as much as you can. Marketing now is like, what's your conversion ratio? I mean, mm-hmm. once you realize your cost per click and, you know, it's like, Okay, so this is easy. If we know that that's mm-hmm. an R, a positive ROI, let's just invest more money. Love it. And then so after, you know, that first sales job, what happens next? I so I that I get rec- I, so then I worked for a change management firm. Okay. That used brain research to deal with massive scale culture change. Mm. 
I was a, I was in the sales side, and so I, I wasn't a speaker, even though I had to do presentations. Mm-hmm. But to me, it was I was I was managing the the sales, so I was trying to you know prospecting. I was just doing what I did before, mm-hmm. and just getting my butt handed to me every single day. But I was at all the events, so I'm watching and learning and taking notes what these people are saying. Mm-hmm. And my mother actually owned the company, so I'm watching everything that she's saying and learning about the application of brain research in really difficult situations. And so it was very different than dealing with salespeople, which are very open to learning, mm-hmm. versus dealing with union workers. They don't want to be in that room. Mm-hmm. But it taught me a really good lesson on how do I relate to them. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So it talked to me about the relationship between like making a connection and then also you know, closing the sale, right? Because I think the two are very, very much related. Well, unless you have a patent monopoly, and if people have choices, you won't close unless there's a relationship. Mm-hmm. So you need to be, unless there's a connection of some sort. Because mm-hmm. the brain is asking, do I like you and trust you before I even know anything else? Mm-hmm. If I don't trust you, I don't like you, my brain shuts down and I don't care. It's like, so imagine somebody you don't trust and they got a deal for you. Do you listen? Probably not. No. no. It's like, that's kind of the first thing. It's also the, the process of how we process information. It's designed mm-hmm. to keep us there, keep us alive. Because if, if I perceive any risk, why would I, I'm not going to, live much longer if I enter in risky situations. So the brain is designed to kind of see all that. Mm-hmm. And what are some like tactical strategies or tips that somebody can utilize that are might not be so self-aware uh, and get into that field? Into which field? Which field? Um, so okay. into, sorry, I should rephrase the question. So somebody who is getting, you know, they might not be super self-aware. They want to understand how they're coming across and what tips can they utilize to? Ooh, yeah. So self-awareness, I think, is key, number mm-hmm. one. Uh, of anything, any business, any relationship. If you lack self-awareness, you're a really difficult human being to be around. So recording, like what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch this tape. You know, How many times did I cough because I ate beef jerky <laughs> and a protein shake before mm-hmm. coming on here? And I'm like, okay, so <clears throat> I probably shouldn't do that because that's annoying on camera. So I, I got to watch that stuff. And so that's the process I think people need to go to. It doesn't matter. I've done this. You know, I think did 67 guest podcasts last year. Wow. And doesn't matter how many I've done. I still do something stupid like that. And all of a sudden now I got this feeling like I need to cough. I'm just holding it back. But you watch for those things. And then if you become self-aware, you go, okay, next time don't have the protein shake before you go on. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple stuff. But you got to go through the reps and the practice and the mess ups to be able to get to there. And the more you self-reflect on how am I doing that. And if I record, I can see my body language. I can see how it is that I sit or how I stand or the importance of tucking a shirt in versus not and depending on the scenario. You learn a lot by just reviewing tape. Mm. Okay, so review tape, and you know, I think that's important for like any any person, honestly, yeah. because like any business that as long what we've seen with our companies, with myself, it's reviewing game tape. It's also just looking at the numbers too, right? Like when we had this clip, the views went up, views went down, etc. So yeah, I think that's huge. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit, sure. just talking about leadership specifically, right? We, we str- we're going through a lot of change right now in our companies, right? We're rolling out brand new systems, processes. How does a leader effectively, you know, instill confidence when there's going through a ton of change and a lot of new processes? <clears throat> so confidence in that sense is going to come through structure, order, and predictability. Okay. And... That creates a sense of safety. And so we interpret safety, meaning I can move forward as confidence. But I think, you know, the confidence is also done by stacking wins, right? So mm-hmm. let's say you haven't stacked any wins. Can you still inspire me to act? 
Well, if you tell a good enough story and you create a big enough vision and you create structure around it, yeah, you can get people to act all day long, especially for the feeling of what's possible. And so I think there's a lot of things you have to look at for how all of those pieces come together. Mm -hmm. So if you're starting from zero, right, for us, we're starting where we basically scrapped a lot of our processes, rolling out a whole lot of new changes, new updates. And obviously, Ryan's a very charismatic person. Um, so he is able to tell a really good story. But yeah. like, how do we give that that follow up that every, every single week, like they're, they know they're heading in the right direction? Yeah. So there's, you're talking about one of the biggest challenges in leadership. Mm -hmm. It's like you set a direction, you set a vision, people buy in. Then life takes over. Yeah. And right? like, now what? <laughs> yeah. Now what? And I'm busy. I'm scared. This felt a lot better. So this emotional initial feeling, and then it drops down to more realistic one, which is implementation, difficulty, n lack of novelty, mm -hmm. and it seems routine and rote. Okay. So now how do you motivate there? And that's where inspiration comes into play. Mm -hmm. How do you inspire somebody to look at things differently? How do you get them to construct that moment differently in their mind. And when I say construct, how do they explain it themselves? Well, this is the same old, same old. Well, how do you get them to say, hold on, this is super new, unique and different. Mm -hmm. That will create something cool. And then also, how well can you articulate the vision? Because if I can envision an outcome, that's what triggers dopamine, is the anticipation of reward. So if I can envision what's happening, now all of a sudden I can see that dopamine says, hey, you got this, keep moving forward. 